This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Nadir chiefed you to Dundee, Kerr Smith has a decision to make, and we select our Dundee and Dundee United 11s for the new season. Hello, I'm Cal Mujer and welcome to another edition of Twa Teams One Street. As ever, I'm joined by George Grant. Hello. And Graham Finnan is here as well. Hello, everyone. Bear, we're uh, deep into the Euros now. Um, we're into the quarterfinals. We just have a wee quick chat about that before we move on. But what have you made of it so far? Unfortunately, uh, England have made it into the last eight. Um, <laughs> the, the tournament's wide open now. It's been completely blown open. Yeah, yeah. They surely can they win it, can they? Well, I think they can. I think, I mean, I, I, I mean, if luck goes their way, why not? I mean, they've got the players, certainly. I don't think they've not been the best team, Callum. I mean, I, I saw their game against Germany the other night and... I wasn't impressed with the Germans prior to that and I wasn't impressed with them on, hmm. you know, the other evening there when England beat them. I thought England deserved to win. I don't think England have set the heather on fire, but, you know, they've certainly got the capabilities here, but there are more interesting teams. For me, Belgium look a very slick outfit. Spain are, are definitely coming on to the game and there's a few other dark horses in there. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's a long way to go for England, I think. I think that, you know, the dangerous thing for, for Gareth Southgate, he's been lauded the other night there as they beat Germany, their nemesis for the last 50 or so years, you know, but unfortunately for him, if they go out to one of the, you know, the sort of underdog sort of teams, you'll get it right yeah. in the neck, all those newspapers <laughs> that had them flying the Union Jack, you know, on their front pages the other day, you know, they'll, they'll have the axe out for him <laughs> if they crash out. So there is there is a chance England may win it. I know that everybody north of the border won't be looking on that one uh, positively, but uh, I think there are better teams in there at this point in time and, I think that certainly if if the form book goes to plan, it won't be England's name going on the trophy. George, give me some hope. I am um, I'm really hoping that the winners coming from that Belgium Italy game. I mean, that's the big one left now, isn't it? There's not many kind of top level nations left in the competition, but those two have been quite impressive. It's been, it's been quite good, I think. Cause it's not the same old same old faces, you know. It's something a wee bit different with a few of the maybe lesser fancied nations coming through it. Fancy, after seeing Italy was so good at the start but I think they may have peaked a wee bit too early I think seeing them against Austria I fancy them to just come up short against against Belgium I think Belgium are looking I think they're building rather than Italy maybe gone in strong at the start and maybe fading off a wee bit I think Belgium are building with oh I suppose I was going to say with De Bruyne coming back from injury but then he got injured again so Wait and see how that goes. But I I've I quite fancy the Czechs actually. I know that they're up against everyone's favourites in Denmark. <laughs> yeah, but I like I like the way I like the way the Czech Republic are set up. They're really strong defence, good at set pieces, and they've got a proper striker. Mm. I think they I think they're set up for tournament football. So I'd, I've got a sneaky wee inkling for them. But then I backed Portugal at the start, and then I backed Germany. So <laughs> what do I know? I, I I tweeted directly after England getting uh, through against Germany. Don't worry, Sweden will pop them out in the quarterfinals, and I had to immediately change that <laughs> to Ukraine. That. So that shows you how good <laughs> that, that I am at predictions as well. So, um, but we've had um, we've had two days off. Um, a wee rester from our Euros feast, but thankfully it's been rubbish. Hate it. Yeah, it's been a bit rubbish. It's been a bit rubbish. It's good having wall to wall football in the telly, but um, thankfully we've had games in real life <laughs> with some actual fans at them in Scotland involving our teams. 
Um, and we're going to start with Dundee. George, you were at Forfar um, last weekend. A 3-0 win for Dundee at Station Park. Danny Mullen, Paul McMullen and Luke McCowan. It's that problem we were talking about for the commentators of how to pronounce all these names <laughs> and not get their words all mixed up and tongue twisted. But um, good result for Dundee. Decent performance as well. Aye, all, all I needed was Paul McGowan to score and that would have, that'd have been the set. <laughs> but in terms of the, the friendlies, my friendly was in Scotland. Yours was in England, wasn't it? Uh, technically, technically, yes. The day after yeah. they, uh, they beat Germany. But the, the locals are sort of, uh, <laughs> they're, they're very much split over both camps in Berwick, so it's not so bad. Aye. <laughs> they're literally on the fence or on the border. Yeah, yeah. That's a great wee place. A great wee place. But we'll get to that um, later on <laughs> yeah. in the show. Uh, Dundee, Charlie Adam ran the show by the sounds of it. Yeah, the Dundee were... I mean, it was all positive for Dundee. I mean, obviously, first first game back is it's all about fitness, really, as, as what the manager said. Um, but they got a pretty good performance and some goals and a clean sheet. A couple of boys back from uh, being injured last season in terms of Finn Robertson and, and Alex Kubiak. And I thought they were decent. First half, they were, they were okay. They had some chances to Maybe could have taken them far for a couple of chances themselves, but then I, Joel Adam, came off the bench at halftime. Everyone came off the bench actually at halftime, <laughs> yeah. changed the whole team. Um, and Charlie, it was ridiculous. It was three assists in six minutes, I think it was. And all three of them were just out of the top drawer. Uh, Forfer couldn't deal with it at all. Um, and it, it's there's good signs there, I think. Um, obviously, Charlie Adam won't quite get the same amount of space in the middle of a premiership season as he did in the yeah. first pre-season game at Forfar. But if they can find him space in the middle, they've definitely got the runners like McMullen, McCowan. Mullen has scored Ekubiak's fast and, and, and direct mm. as well. Um and McDade was okay as well in the second half. There's definitely there's you can see what they're working on and it looks like it could be really dangerous next season. Yeah. Charlie Adam, when he gets in that position, and you, you mentioned picking up wee pockets of space, he's like a quarterback, and people say that a lot in, in, in football nowadays, but he's like, like really is, he just picks out passes. It doesn't matter how far he is from the goal, and people talk about, you know, has he got the legs or his age or his fitness or whatever, and it's like, it doesn't need to be super fit, super pacey, running, getting close to the goal, because he can damage teams from, you know, his own box. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to be anywhere near the other <laughs> box. That's how good his passing is, so... Um, you know, they were, I watched the highlights and uh, they were sens- sens- sensational assists. Um, and I have to say, Paul McMullen did really well for his goal to take it down and finish the way he did. Yeah. I thought that was um, an excellent, excellent finish. Um, and surprisingly, that was his first goal for Dundee. I mean, he's been so involved with goals yeah. since he arrived in January. But obviously, he hadn't managed to stick one in the net. So that, that was a good good start for him. Uh, says he wants to add a lot more. Uh as you would. I mean, you wouldn't say I don't want to score any goals, but um, he's. Uh, I think he got a bit of stick off off his teammates for not scoring. So mm-hmm. that's that's maybe something to look forward to. He's also one that's wanting to make an impact. He doesn't feel like he got the chance he, he, he or the opportunity he kind of deserved at United yeah. last season, um, and he's keen to show what he can do in the top flight for Dundee across the road. Yeah, Bear, um, James McPake, you know, speaking just after Charlie won the uh, Championship Player of the Season award, he was saying that he's going to get even better next season in the Premiership. Do you think he's still going to be the main man for Dundee going into the top flight next season? Well, you, you, let's, we all know he was instrumental in Dundee's promotion last season, wasn't he, Callum? 
Um, can he get even better? Uh, you know, he's 35, 36 in the top flight. You know what? He seems to have a greater motivation for next season. You know, the things the things he's been saying, and I think he's really hungry for it. I don't know what the reason is behind that. I think he's, he's a guy who, you know, would like to prove the doubters wrong. He's, I think he's done that throughout his career. You know, whether he, he had the ability to play for Rangers, whether he had the ability to go and play for Liverpool, he's proved them wrong. Yeah. He's done all that. I think the opportunity to play in thousands of, uh, thousands of Dundee, Dundee fans for the, hmm. the first time, I know we had 500 or so in for the Kilmarnock playoff game, but I think that the chance to play, you know, maybe a full house at Dens in the derby matches, that, that'll, that'll you know, get him going. Um, personal pride to show that he can still do it at that level as well, you know. And he's got a great attitude, and it's a great. I think it's a great example to to, to those around him. You know, if, if you look after yourself and, and you, you do things properly, then you, you can extend your career. And I wouldn't bet against Charlie Adam. He's one of these guys. I think George has said it in the past. The script seems written for him to, to do things in certain games. You know, score in the playoff final. You know. <laughs> you've got a feeling that he will score in a derby match next season, whether it'll be a winning goal or whether it'll be, you know, just a goal in a game. But you've got a feeling that, you know, it's written in the script that he is going to do something like that. So it's all set for Charlie. And, you know, I, I think, I don't think he'll be, I think that the age he's at, I think James McPake will have to be careful. He's certainly not going to be playing 90 minutes every no. week. He's certainly not going to be playing every single game, I wouldn't think. But he can, again, be an instrumental part of that Dundee team going forward and a big, big season for them to ensure that, you know, that their step up to the top flight isn't just a one-season wonder. In terms of the new boys, George, we had a look at Luke McCown, we had a look at Luke, um, <laughs> Ryan Sweeney as well, and there was a, a trialist as well, Corey Panther. Um, what did you make of them getting the first glimpse of them in a Dundee shot? Um, McCown certainly looks uh, lively. Uh, he, he was part of the... The second half team, he, he was playing on the left side, uh, which he, he maybe expected. McMullen's pretty much nailed down that right, yeah, right wing slot. Um, and yeah, it looks like he could, he's, he's gonna add something. He's he's a very positive player uh, and got some skill and some pace. And, and yeah, I, th- I think he looked decent. Sweeney, uh, is a strong, big, strong defender. He's his first clearance he put over the stand at Station Park, which maybe wasn't the kind of start he was looking for. But uh, it was first game of preseason. I think he'd nah, he'll be he'll be perfectly suited to Scottish football. Perfectly <laughs> suited to Scottish football. That's exactly how you play. Just hoof the ball out. Well done, son. Clear. Your but there, there was a few <laughs> good headers. You could see he's, he's really strong in there, um, and, and he towered over uh, Dundee favourite Gary Harkins a, a couple of times. Mm. Gary Harkins came on for the second half for Forfa. Um, and it looks like he's up for a fight anyway uh, at the back and it, I think he'll certainly be a wee bit different from the, the two they've got uh, he'll add something and Panther looked decent mm-hmm. he did, he looked, he's got something about him you can see why they wanted to have a look at yeah, him left back isn't it? yeah, a bit of cover for Jordan Marshall um, but no, James McPeak spoke highly of him as well so they're having another look at him this week I think they've got a I think they've got a bounce game at some point uh, the weekend. So I, I'm guessing he's going to have another look at him then and maybe make a decision after that. Yeah, you mentioned the Dundee connection there with Gary Harkins. There's, there's quite a few in the Loons ranks with, with Scott uh, Robertson being in the, the coaching team, Gary Irvin, the boss, of course. Um, they were also taking a look at a couple of Dundee kids, um, mm-hmm. Danny and Luke Strachan. They're not related, but I believe it's Luke, isn't it? Luke's related to Gordon Strachan? Yeah, Strachan's uh, grandson. yeah I've, right? had to, <laughs> I've had to nail that one down. I keep forgetting which one's which, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Luke is the... 
because the, the young the young Strachan's lad, um, <laughs> and and they they're they're getting looked at really by Forfar, but there's a chance that maybe Danny's going elsewhere. Uh, yeah, it's not been announced yet, but I think he's heading back. He had a short spell at Peter Head last season. I think he's he's gone up there again uh, to join up with Lyle Cameron and and Josh Mulligan. Um, and the, the two of them did quite well. They, they were, uh, Luke Strachan played left back in the, in the first half, and then Danny came on in the second half, played right back. And the two of them, they got themselves out of some trouble. Well, so it wasn't themselves putting themselves in trouble, but a couple of difficult pass, passes to control, and, and there was Dundee players all around them, and they got themselves out of trouble. And, and they looked, they looked like they've they've got something about them as well. Um, but no, I'm sure they'll be. Plenty of links between mm. Forfar and Dundee going forward. Uh, interested to see how Gary Everton gets on down there. He's uh, obviously first season as a manager. He's going to be registered. Gary Harkins is registered as well. But uh, I was speaking to Gary after the game, and he's not one hundred percent decided whether he wants to keep playing or he wants to be just a manager mm-hmm. rather than a player manager. So. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I wish them the best of luck as well. Because yes, um, elsewhere in that game there was a positive COVID case in the Dundee camp, meaning that uh, one player had to to sit out of the match. Um, but it sort of it proves that as much as we're moving towards better days, there was like, there was a couple hundred four for fans at the game, and we've seen fans at, at other games, and obviously the Euros we've seen loads of fans there. But it just shows that we're not quite out of the woods yet with with COVID and, and football. And we still have to. To be on our guard, and then it's good to see Dundee doing the right thing and, mm-hmm. and, and and getting that player isolated. Yeah, I think you're always going to have it, Calm. There doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, but we're we're getting isolated cases now. And but the good thing is, it's not shutting down entire clubs, yeah. Calm. And I think going forward, you will see less and less of that. You know, they're, they're able to get them out there. Anyone that's got it, you know, they're, they're away, and and everybody else is well tested and 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 looked after. So. Yeah, it hasn't gone, and it's not going to go for the next twelve months or so, and it might never go, Callum. You know, mm. but I think we're going to have to live with with it in some shape or form. But hopefully, it'll never come back and and you know darken our door again the way it has done in the last sort of eighteen months or so. Just talking about on a lighter note, uh, uh, you know, the Danny Danny Strachan going up to Peterhead. There's quite a few Dundee yeah. players up there now, isn't there? <laughs> at Peterhead, I think that we could now start calling Peterhead Dundee Colts. <laughs> You've already we've, we've got an ahead of Celtic and Rangers. We've got a Colt team in the lower <laughs> leagues. Yeah, and they are called the Blue Toon after all. So yeah, the dark blue yeah. Toon. <laughs> That's good. The like dark it. blue yep. Toon, ideal. Yeah, but the, the good thing is, it's good for the guys going up there, and, and we'll be keeping an eye out for them as well. It gives them. It's much better getting. I've said this, you know, all the time. It's much better getting competitive football. You know, than, than just playing in bounce games or reserve games and yeah. things like that. It's much better, you know, yeah. getting on the pitch against other players who are really going to have a good kick at you. You're going to have to learn your trade instantly. Walking under Jim McAnally yeah. as well. You can't really ask for um, someone with no, much more experience perfect. than that. You perfect. know, he's um, yeah, he's, he's been around the game for a long time. Um, elsewhere, a few more things to wrap up before we we move on and discuss uh, Dundee United business. Uh, James McPake has confirmed that Jordan McGee is going to play midfield next season Bear um, is that yeah, his best yeah. position for you quite quite happy to, to hear that well I would say let's see let's wait and see I mean McGee was outstanding there in the latter half of last season there's no doubt about that but he's one of these guys he can play in, in multiple positions Callum you know he could play right across the back four so mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't be pigeonholing him into any sort of midfield role at this point in time I think he's he also got great battling qualities that he brings to the team so um, you, you just never know, you know, you, you get injuries, you get suspensions. 
James McPeak might think he's going to be playing in midfield, but I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up, you know, you know, all over that sort of the, the back line of defence as well at one stage throughout the season. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Jordan McGee uh, in the Premier League next season. Come, I think he's he's come on. I think he was a good player when he came to Dundee. I think when he when he first came, I think it was he came from Falkirk. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong here, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, um, and and Ray McKinnon was was singing his praises. I think you know when, when he came to Dundee, uh, and I think he's he's taken on uh, another another few notches. And what he added to his game last season from middle of park, I'm really excited for to see him in the Premier League next season. He's a great age, 24, I think he is. Yeah. Great age for him to go and prove himself now back at the top level again. Obviously, he, he had a taste of that when he was at Hearts years ago. So yeah, um, yeah no, he's a, he's a he's a he's a pivotal player for Dundee. Where did he play in the in the Forfa friendly? George, did he did he play? Yeah, yeah he was uh, midfield. In the, yeah, he started in the first midfield. Half. He, yeah, he. I mean, another day he could have scored two goals. It was mm-hmm. it was just the same Jordan McGee we saw at the end of last season. He was in the box when the ball was coming in, and, and yeah, I, th- I think he'd be. I think he'd be massive for Dundee this season. Yeah, and that's just a, a case of him again, like a lot of the team, like a lot of players in that team. Paul McMillan's another one you could point to and just say. You know, it's making that step up and hopefully replicating yeah. um, some of the good form they showed in the championship in the top flight. That'll be the big test. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Dundee have, well, we're set to, I'm not sure the money will be in the bank yet, but they're set <laughs> to get a six-figure sum for Jack Henry after he, his move from Celtic to Oostend in Belgium. He was on loan there last season and uh, the Belgian team have made it a permanent move. Um, there's also chat that they might uh, try and sell him on again um, for even more money. I don't know if that's going to breach... FIFA rules or not, but but Dundee could be set for even more cash. George, you were oh, trying to work out the, the figures, calculator out um, over the yeah. weekend, sort of twenty five percent of twenty five percent, twenty five percent, twenty five percent. I don't know how far you want to go. I know, but it's should business for Dundee, isn't it, to still be getting money from a player they sold what? Yeah, three, definitely. Two and a half three years ago, certainly something that clubs. I mean, clubs these days in, in Scotland don't often get money for selling players, but it's, it's definitely sound uh, business sense. To, to add in a wee percentage in the next sale or, or whatever, um, I, I think it was it was Neil McCann that kind of ensured or, or was advising uh, at Dundee that the uh, I, th- I think Celtic came in with with a a much lower bid. I, I think Neil McCann said, there's, "No, there's no point in selling him unless we get a club record fee," and then he managed to push it up and then managed to get in. Again, this this clause because at the time um, I think it was around then that uh, Virgil Van Dijk had just gone to Liverpool, I think, mm-hmm. for huge money. So I think Dundee were hoping they might get not quite that amount. <laughs> Celtic have a bit of extra deal. cash, yeah. I know if Celtic could develop uh, Jack Hendry and then sell him on for, oh right, 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 <laughs> sell him on for a, a decent profit, or maybe it was uh-huh. Van Dijk had gone to Southampton or whatever. So that, that, that's what they were hoping that they could. Uh, latch on it's not quite worked out that <laughs> that way Jack Kennedy didn't have the best of time at Celtic but Dundee have still come out with a wee, wee bit of cash uh, 100 grand is not to be sniffed at or it's just not. over 100 grand uh, but I also found out that they'll get should Usten decide to move them on which is a lot of people are saying they're planning to mm-hmm. um, that Dundee will get a chunk of the chunk that Celtic get mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Or whatever <laughs> amount that is, but it could, yeah. if it's twenty five percent of their twenty five percent, it could be more than the hundred thousand. If that makes sense, I yeah. Think. If it's a, a but in deal. terms of the rules, actually, there's the FIFA rules that mean that you can't then be transferred to another club. But I think yeah. you can be loaned. Yeah. 
So they'll find that if they want to do it, they'll find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a loan to buy thing. Like, you know, you can have this player exactly. for a season and there's a clause you can buy him for five million at the end of the season or whatever they, they want to sort of to sort of do. Because he, he has impressed over there um, from what I've heard. And, he, he, you know, he's, he fought his way back into the Scotland team and, you know, he looked good in the sort of warm-up friendlies. Yeah, I he thought was, he was unlucky. He, he was after the Czech game, Scotland wasn't he? Um, certainly. Looking at the way the tournament's gone now, you know, the Czech Republic are a good side. I think they maybe overreacted a little bit <laughs> um, in that game, perhaps a little <laughs> bit. But um, that's ancient history now. Dundee, you've got a wee bit of extra money coming in. George, is that money to get Nadia Chiefji in the door? <laughs> You've been speculating this week. We'll wait and see. Uh, information that I've got is he's, he's one of uh, a few names they've got on, on a list. They're, they're looking to add some firepower after uh, Osmond So departed at the end of last season. Osman was obviously ended up top scorer with, with 10 goals but uh, if you look at the, the kind of front line they've got uh, Cummings obviously got goals and Mullen has shown that he's, he's a kind of a player for big mm-hmm. games and stuff and they've got UQBI coming back as well but the three of them they've not quite got the, the same sort of power that so 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 uh, had so I think that they're looking to add a bit of a bit of strength up there and that's the kind of player we remember Chief G had real power about him, obviously quality as well and ability to finish. He was excellent at United. Having put the story, I've seen that fans of uh, Samson Spor, who he was with last season, weren't big uh, fans of Nadir's. I don't think he, hmm. he had the best of seasons, although he did hmm. score eight goals. So, interested to see what happens with that one. Uh, I imagine there'll be more clubs in Dundee looking at him, to be honest, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's a. Top player, top player, big character as well. I think that's maybe yeah. where that comes from. The fans sort of he maybe divides opinion a wee bit just because he is so charismatic and a bit, you know, fiery as well. And he's, the yeah. way he plays, and the way they, their season ended, their season was they missed out on winning the second tier on goal difference. They fin- the top three teams all finished on the same points, yeah. and Samson's playing the striker. Up, <laughs> uh, they ended up third and missed out on automatic promotion. Yeah. Then in the playoffs, Chiefchi scored in the first in the, in the second leg of the semi final, and then they conceded a goal from inside the other half to lose <laughs> in the last minute. I mean, I think I think Samson Sports fans and and owners were a wee bit angry at the end of the season. They seemed to have just jettisoned their whole squad to bring in a new one. So um, I think it was uh, as far as Dundee's playoff uh, playoff success went. Uh, Samson Sports certainly didn't go successfully no absolutely not a bit of a, a bit of a flop by by the sounds of things um Come on, can I just jump in on, on Chief Chi I mean I think uh, he, he was good at United but he, it was a what I would say is it was a very attack minded United side at that, mm-hmm. at that point yeah. in time there's some very very good players and there was lots of opportunities for Nadia Chief Chi I would say, what else has he done to suggest he can still do a job for Dundee? Um, yeah. This is going to be a critical a critical signing for Dundee, whoever they bring in to play up top. So it's one that they've, they've, they've got to get right. I'm glad that George has said that he's he's on a list of possibles because I'd like to think there's a few more in there they're, they're having a look at. Um, obviously, if you get the Chief Chief, he's going to bring a bit of bite to the team. That's what I would say. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. I, think. I know, it's something that we've talked about this before, but that's obviously something that this could just going to cause trouble if if they <laughs> if they do sign them fans will either have to get over it or how can you get over that but 
it's, it's something that the club will certainly have to work hard on. Yep, yep. Uh, a couple of big friendlies next week for Dundee. I don't know if we'll have recorded by the time these games are played, but um, Leighton Orient uh, on next Tuesday coming to coming to Dens and West Ham. Uh, also a big Premier League team coming to Dens Park next Friday. Um, there's going to be some fans there in Dens, so if you're going to that, enjoy. And um, yeah, um, we'll, we'll be able to dissect them next week or the week after, I'm sure. Moving on, Dundee United have been involved in some pre-season matches of their own. There is great pride in being a Scotland supporter. Win, lose or draw, the saltar flies, the songs are sung, the Hamden roar will be heard. But what was it like in the old days? The days of the huge crowds and the vast Hamden bowl before it was all seated. If you're old enough, you'll remember. In our new book, We Had a Dream, Scotland Internationals in the Black and White Era, will remind you of those great days. If you're younger, this is the history. This is what the great days looked like. Those days are gone now, but these memories are also dearly held. There are photos in this book that will stir the dark blue heart. Photos of Bremner, Baxter, Law and Johnston in the days when they strode the hand and turf before crowds of 120 or 130,000 fans. If you remember those days, this book will take you back to those days. If you want to know what it means to be a Scotland supporter, then you'll need this book to show you, not just tell you, what it means to be a Scotland supporter. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 15% discount on We Had a Dream at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code DREAM15 at checkout. That's D-R-E-A-M-1-5 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Was like us. Yes, equally illustrious opposition. Um, the Dundee United kids <laughs> went down to to play Berwick Rangers um, last night, uh, Wednesday night. I was there, made a long trip down just over the border, just about, just sneaked in um, into England for a, for a couple hours for a game of football. Fans there, um, the first time, I mean, obviously Dundee fans have had um, the playoff experience with some fans there, but it's the first time Dundee United fans have been able to say see their team in any capacity, even though it was, um, you know, no real names that anyone sort of recognised from from first team minutes it was a, it was a 3-1 defeat in the end for the Dundee United team it was a, it was a really young Dundee United team it has to be said lots of lots of kids 15 16 year olds um down at Shieldfield Park Finn Malcolm got their goal um that night and um on the same evening at St Andrews as well the first team were actually in action a bounce game against Cowdenbeath it was a a one-all draw in that uh, closed doors match Lawrence Shankland with a free kick getting the goal there um George so United's pre-season is off and running. Um, they've got breaking away on Saturday. That's been moved to um, being played behind closed doors as well due to COVID concerns. But um, you know the season's coming around thick and fast for them, and, and they've only played a, a few games. I mean, I saw your column this week. You were maybe expressing a wee bit of concern about the preseason schedule. Maybe not quite enough. Do you think? It did just felt to pure throw you under the bus here. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, I was I was confused as I was confused as well what was happening. Uh, on Wednesday night, with the with the two games going on at the same time, yeah. and uh, and United putting out their their team against on the graphics and their team against Cowdenbeath, where they only had one sub, but didn't really mention they were changing their whole team <laughs> yeah. at, at half yeah. time. It, it looked like half of the, who was all missing and all that. I don't know what was going on. Um, 
But how many fans actually were at, were at Berwick? Well, was, uh, the, the total crowd was 450. Um, and I think the vast majority of that was, was Dundee United fans, about 300 fans. So they, they definitely enjoyed themselves, you know. It would have been good if they'd maybe sent the first team for, for that one. Yeah. Uh, so the fans could see them. Because uh, obviously it's different roles. Is it different roles in, in Berwick? It's uh, been yeah. off, over the border. I think yeah. due, due to being in England, although they are... Uh, uh, an SFA member and an SPFL, well not an SPFL team anymore, but a lone league team. They, they, they go by Scottish football rules to an extent, but they can also go uh, at the same time by by health board rules in, in that part of the world. I think it's Northumberland that yeah. that falls under technically. So, um, yeah, you know, it was it was it was good to see, and, and everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. It really impressive with a couple of young kids, um, particularly Lennon Walker was excellent. I thought yeah. for. For, for Dundee United, he's he's only kind of seventeen, eighteen. So I mean, he, you know, he's a guy that you're looking looking at and thinking, do you know what? Maybe they could push into the first team next season. You know, with with, with Tam Courts and having the relationship with the youth academy players, you know, there's there's there is scope there. You think for him to be a bit more, um, you know, willing to give young guys opportunities. Nathan Cooney, we know a wee bit about. You know, he was on loan at Wraith Rovers last season. Leighton Bisland, he just you know, the, the right back, he just signed, you know, professional terms. Reese Caves has been on the bench, Finn Robson's been on the bench. So it wasn't a complete team and mm-hmm. people that we, we had no idea who they were, but very young guys. None of them have made a first team appearance yet um for the Tangerines. But um, you know, it was an encouraging run out and, and obviously you mentioned United you know, switching their entire team at half time at St Andrews for the Cowden Beast game and I think the vast majority of um, the first team got a game barring a few injured guys you know like Segrist is coming back from his wrist injury Mark Connolly is going to be out for a, you know, quite a bit longer um, so you know decent exercises to go to, to Brecon on Saturday um, before it all kicks off um, against Kelty Hearts but right. um, yeah just going back to the, the the friendly thing George I mean you maybe think United could have maybe you know, you know, you look at the Dundee's Dundee's opposition, West Ham and Leighton Orient. It's a bit, you know, have a tougher test. You know, United are sort of playing teams that are quite a low level. Yeah, it's it's. I guess every team's different. It depends how whether they want to concentrate on on training ground and, and stuff like that and getting Tom Court's ideas into the the players. But I feel like playing games, whether it's friendlies, whoever you're playing against, is is a way to implement these ideas and kind of see. Uh, kind of troubleshoot them and then see what problems might crop up when when the real ball comes out. Uh, when I was I was writing that actually I wasn't they hadn't mentioned the Cowdenbeath game. Yeah. I don't think as an actual kind of preseason friendly. So I when I was writing that it was purely thinking they're oh, they're only playing one game against Brecon. We're obviously now out of the out of the SPFL. Mm. Um, so it, it, it just read like there were there were. Uh, the plans were to use the, the I almost called it the Betfred Cup, <laughs> the Premier Sports yeah. Cup, as the, as their preparations for the league campaign, which teams have done mm. in the past and, and they do to some extent. But I remember Shaba Laszlo doing it, uh, and I, I I think it just piled the pressure on him. They didn't win the first three games, yeah. I think, um, and things weren't going well at that point. I, I always find the Premier if you're ready to go at the start of the Premier or the League Cup, I'll just call it the League Cup. <laughs> If you're ready to go at the start of that, I think it can really get your season off to a really good positive start, get some wins, get some goals, playing lower league opposition yeah. in competitive games. And I always think of Lauren Shankland as well. He's he's one that always seems to enjoy the, the group stage because he gets loads mm. of goals. Mm-hmm. I think this, before United signed him, he scored seven goals in the group stage before the league season had even started for air, uh, which tells it, I mean... 
strikers want goals uh, and they want to be going in the league campaign coughed and that's that, that's only that's the only concern I've got uh, if the, they're not 100% ready to go at the start of the, the Premier Sports Cup but the, they will no doubt prove me wrong uh, when the real ball comes out next week and they go and batter it <laughs> Fingers crossed. I mean, they've got Kelly Hart, Elgin City, Arbroath and East Fife and then the plan after that is to play another friendly on uh, July 24th before they go up to Aberdeen to open their season on the 1st of August. Um, Bear, you know, United will will be wanting to get off to a fast start. Uh, Courts, uh, you know, Tam Courts and his, his, his first kind of, you know, real big top level, top team job. He'll be wanting to get off um, to, to a really, you know, good opening to the season. I, I suppose it's a good opportunity for him having those two friendlies in the same night to have a look at what he's got at his, his disposal in, in terms of the first team and, and the youth players that can maybe step up. Yeah, yeah, they've got going on. And you've just mentioned all those games as well, Calm. The, the Premier Sports Cup, I mean, you know, they've got, they're going to have four games in that and another, another friendly. So how many games can you actually play before that? Yeah, I know, it's tight, isn't it? The actual, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of games in there. And what you don't want to do is have, have players, you know, picking up too many injuries and things like that before the, actually the real ball comes out in for the... For the, the the league fixtures, the kick off right at the end of end of this month. So, um, yeah, he'd be delighted to get the first couple of games uh, under his belt. Going back to the, the youngsters down there, Calum at Berwick. What I will say is, I'm, I'm sure the message has, has got through to a lot of these kids that there's there's going to be opportunities at United. Now, maybe not for the 15 and 16 year olds they'll be getting watched, but yeah, there'll be there'll be others. You know, and I'll see maybe they're, they're going to get their chance sooner than they may think. You know they could find themselves on on the bench for for first team games and maybe even getting an opportunity. So that that should spur them on a, a wee bit as well. You know I think that's uh, that, that that's going to be a boost to them. And you should see the, their attitude levels pick up and hopefully they will they will grasp the opportunity because I think United are going to be are going to be offering that more than ever next season. But in terms of sort of games coming up, I and mean, you look at that that Premier Cup draw. I mean. No disrespect to the teams in there, Kelly, Elgin City, Arbroath, who are a handful at the best of times, you know, and, and he's fine. But United should be getting themselves through that group quite comfortably. And I think George is right, you know, and hopefully with a few goals into the bargain. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Tam Coates would be quite content with the, the sort of the, the fixtures he's got lined up as, as a look forward to, to life in the in the Premier League, you know, in August or end of July sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of transfer news at, at Tanadice, it's been a bit of a tumultuous week. They they, they were speaking, you know, quite deep into talks with Jake Doyle Hayes. He's you know former Sitman midfielder, former Aston Villa as well. Um, twenty two Irishman. Um, they, they they were they were, they were set to sign him. Um, but he'd be you know they pulled the plug at the last minute, and he's now. Um, move to to join Hibs. Jack Ross again raiding St Murn. I've, I've got a bone to pick with Jack Ross for that. He keeps keeps coming in and stealing our best players. Paul McGinn, Kyle McGinnis, Stevie Mallon. He's, he's got an, he's got a thing for it. Um, so that that one unfortunately fell through. Um, for for Dundee United, they're going to have to look elsewhere for a central midfielder if that's what they so desire. We're going to go on and and later on in the show and speak about um the sort of where both teams are sort of you know headed into the ne- next season in terms of how their squads are shaping up and what they maybe need to add. Um, elsewhere in, in the transfer market, um, again, former Sutton goalkeeper Vaclav Hladke has, has joined Ipswich. But we all know that. It's a Simeon show. Oh, I don't know what's happened here. <laughs> um, you know, is, is there someone on the podcast? Is a buddy? I don't know. Um, but he's 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 joined Ipswich, which should you know um, looks like it's going to ward off the, the interest that, that they had in Benjamin Segrist. That's been going on most of the summer as well. Um, Liam Kelly is another name that comes up in terms of goalkeepers if Segrist was to go. Um, that position, George, you know, the goalkeeping position, it's all really up in the air at the moment. Dennis is away, you know, Benji's so much speculation. 
Are they going to bring someone in? It's something they need to get settled before the season starts. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, yeah, you don't want kind of lingering uncertainty over over one of your best players. Uh, I do expect there to be other teams interested in, in yeah. Benjamin Segrist as well. I think he's been he's been a fine capture for United. I think he's been excellent, um, and he's very very solid goalkeeper for and a lot. That's exactly what a lot of teams are after. Um, he's got a lot going for him, and yeah, it's just one of these situations that everyone kind of knows it's likely to to happen that that you might move on. You just want to get it done and dusted, and then you can move on and get the new man in and start working with him. Um, so I mean, it, it may be one of these ones that just rumbles on and on for the summer, but I think it's best for United if they. If they can maybe get some money in and get a new keeper uh, to replace him, I like Liam Kelly. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I don't think he's he's maybe pushed on quite as much as he would have liked after he left Livy, but I think there's definitely yep, a keeper. Yeah, there. there'll definitely be other teams interested. Obviously, he was on loan at Motherwell last season, so you'd imagine there'll be um, other teams in the Premiership. You know, maybe including the Steel Men. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I'll do that again. You imagine there'll be maybe other teams in the Premiership. You know, including the, the Steel Men that'll be interested in, in bringing him in um, so United again will be facing competition as they found with Jake Doyle Hayes going to going to Hibs uh, another player really young player 16 year old Kerr Smith defender he's been linked with a, a half a million pound move um, to the English Premier League Manchester United and Leicester City both interested there's a, a clause in his contract that would allow him um, to leave if he wanted to you know if, if, if a bid of that amount was to come in Bear, um, it would then fall into kind of the hands of the player. We've seen it in the past with, mm-hmm. with you know Scott Banks and players maybe deciding to go down south. Um, you think that would be a good move for him, or do you think he should be, be looking to to stick about at Tannadice and try and get some some minutes up here? Well, it's it's a massive decision for him and his family and his representatives. That's that, that's certainty. I mean, Kerr Smith could stay and, and be playing first team football next season, Callum, and, and for a, a youngster, you, you could never sort of discard the benefits of that at such a young age, but. You know, when you see the, the clubs involved, you know, uh, Manchester United and, and and Leicester City, I mean, he, he could go and enjoy some of the the best facilities in the world in terms of sort of training camps and things like that. Um, he will also get a massive boost to his bank balance, I'm sure. But the downside of that is he might not play first-team football for a long, long time. And that's, that's what you've got to weigh up. You know, your eyes can be opened by these sort of things, but... I think you should look at other others who have taken trodden a similar path at a young age, and you never hear from them again. So, um, obviously, from where we are, and uh, you know, on, in this neck of the woods on Twatteams One Street, we're, we're desperately hoping that he stays and, and, and plays for Dundee United, and we get to see more of this lad. I mean, we've just we've just sort of touched on him, and we've seen how good he can be. Yeah. But you want to see him in there and playing, you know, on a regular basis, and showing here this, we've got a real, real player on his hands. And where does that go in terms of his? His value. Where does that go in terms of his stature and what he can do? He might be going down there when you know how the academies are set up down there. They'll have different levels within their academies. He might jump right to the top, you know, their academy. So he's right. He doesn't go down just as another kid. He goes down as a kid who's ready almost to push for a first team place wherever he goes. You know, and obviously Manchester United that might not be the case, but certain other clubs he might end up at. You know, it could well be. You know, so it's a, it's a huge decision for a young lad, and it's, it's probably too big a decision for him to make himself. I'm sure. I'm sure his family and that will be thinking long and hard before before they sort of make their minds up. Absolutely, and it does look like United are going to go down the route of giving kids chances when um, the time is right. I spoke to to the new number two, Liam Fox, this week. He said they're not going to rely on young players, but 
if they can find the right balance, if there's, there's games where it calls for a Kerr Smith to play, a Lewis Nielsen, an Archie Mikasen, a Declan Glass to get a game, uh, to get a leader in the team, they will do it, you know. Um, so it shows a willingness there at least for, for these guys to get opportunities. So um, it'll be certainly an interesting season ahead for, for Dundee United. They, they also, as I said, they go to Breaking on Saturday for their, their next pre-season game. We'll, we'll give you the sort of report from that next week on the show and look ahead to the to the Premier Sports Cup kicking off um, against Kelty Hearts uh, on the Friday. But before that, there is yet more Dundee and Dundee United content to come. Yes, this week, um, the lads and I have had a little look at both teams where they are sitting at the moment in terms of squad and we've had a wee go at picking their best 11s going into the new season um maybe looking at some areas where they could strengthen some areas where they're already strong um some areas where we're thinking you know we'll, we'll leave this one blank in case a new player comes in um we're having our, our best stab at it at, at the moment you know just a week into the preseason sort of thing as to what what the, the strongest team um you know we, we could field on, on both sides of the street um, George, um, you're going to have a look at Dundee for us. What's your one to eleven for the dark place? Uh, the one to eleven is almost the team that ended the uh, the playoff game. Actually, yeah. just looking at it, um, Legstons would be the number one. I think Cammy Kerr's in charge of the right back position at the moment after the way he ended last season. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure uh, Ryan Sweeney will, will quite nudge out. Lee Ashcraft or, or Fontaine mm. in the centre of defence straight away. Yeah. Um, I think those two will start. Um, and it would be interesting to see, if, as we mentioned about Charlie Adam getting a pre-season under his belt, uh, Liam Fontaine will also have that. So yeah. hopefully that will help him because he, he, he joined late last season. Uh, Jordan Marshall at left back, of course. Uh, Sean Byrne anchoring the midfield with uh, probably Finn Robertson as, as his backup. Okay. Yeah. And then the midfield two in front of him, as you'd expect, Charlie Adam and Jordan McGee doing all the running. Paul McMullen's a stick on for the right right wing yep. slot. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he can get himself fit and up to speed. How Alex Ekubiak might add. That's my one change: is Alex Ekubiak on the left side okay. and how, what he might bring to that. I think he could be really handy in that position yep. as a kind of inside forward or really attacking wide forward type and I get the feeling it'd be Danny Mullen uh, the, the way he finished last season I think he may be first choice up front at the moment uh, obviously Jason Cummings is to come back um, from his spell away from the team which may hold him back in, in pre-season you never mm. know but um, yeah I think that'd be my team uh, but obviously there'd be a few names that come in and out and be close to that with Paul McGowan Luke McGowan Max Anderson, I thought was really good on Saturday, actually. Uh, and Robertson and Sweeney as well will be in and around that team, but that's my 11. Perfect. Okay. And I believe you're having to head off now to go and speak to people at Dundee. So, yes, I've I've, I've a date with, with Cami Kerr and Dave <laughs> Mackay. Uh, so I, I better not be late. No, that sounds um, that sounds exciting. I'm sure your, your team, you might have changed your opinion on that. You know, come back at Christy Elliott, right back, rallying Cami Kerr, depending on how your date goes. Um, so, Although, so. you never know. I'm, I'm, I might have Dave Mackay at right back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bear and I will we'll continue this wee discussion. We'll have a wee look at George's team. Um, Bear, yourself, what are you making of that team? And have you got your own 
uh, team there in terms of a, a Dundee 11. I've tasked you with that as well. Yeah, well, George has always been looking over my shoulder at the, at the team. It's no surprise. <laughs> we've gone we've gone for almost almost identical team, and it, it shows where Dundee are. It's early. It's early in the in the build up. I've got to say, and we'd expect one or two additions to come in, but it doesn't deviate that far from the team that, that played in the playoffs, you know. And it, and it shouldn't. Um, they're very strong. Uh, through the spine of the team that are obviously are needing someone up top to, to complete that. But yeah, I would go with Legsdens, Cami Kerr, Ashcroft, Fontaine, Marshall, Adam, Byrne, McGee, um, out wide on the left, I've got Greg Stewart. I know he hasn't signed yet, but we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed on that one. Right. Um, if he doesn't make it, I would still put Declan McDade in there. I think Declan McDade um, is, is competent. Um, I think he's... I think he's he adds a wee, He needs to add a wee bit more going forward. He came. He came back into the team after a spell. You know, he was meant to be going alone at Partick Thistle, and he, and he didn't. It didn't happen. And he came back into the team and really brought in a, a spark at the right yeah. time. And he needs to keep that going over the, over the start of the, the next season. But defensively, he's quite switched on, I think, as well, which is a help. And it could be a bigger help next season when Dunny might find himself a wee bit yep. more on the back foot. Danny Mullen gets a nod up front for sensational performances in the playoffs. He was outstanding. Took his goal well. Worked tirelessly, and Dundee may may go may have to uh, go down that route next season as well, where you've got one man who really has to put in his shift up up top with, without too much support. And Paul McMullen brings that pace up up the right hand side. There's a multitude of, of players there that George has touched on. I'm really looking forward to seeing Max Arnes in progress yeah. next season. Luke McCowan is another exciting player that's come in. Ryan Sweeney will obviously get his chance at the back, and Alex Kubiak who. Let's be honest, Dundee, Dundee fans haven't really seen Alex Kubiak this season. Well, the fans haven't been in games, but you know what I'm talking about, actually mm-hmm. seeing games on the yeah. TV. Alex Kubiak spent a lot of the time on the treatment table. And, you know, we haven't even touched... I've, I've, the, the, probably the one that people will look at, I've left Paul McGowan out. Well, that's what I was going to bring up, yeah. It's a yeah, big one. The, the reason I've done that is is because he's, he's, he's outstanding. I'm really sort of thinking that he, there will be a role for Paul McGowan and he will, he will start games, I've no doubt about that, but I think he's in a similar situation to Charlie Adam where... Um, whether the two of them can play at the same time at that level, I'm not so sure. Now I think you're going to have to find space for some legs in your team, and uh, um, I think that will be one or the other. We'll have to sort of bide their time. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much where uh, George is at at this point in time. Come back and ask me in four <laughs> weeks' time, and maybe something completely different. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that's the thing. It's it's all a bit of fun, but you know, you, you're looking at guys like Sweeney you don't know what you're going to get yet McCowan mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're going to get yet they might force their way into you know the, the reckoning for the manager but also just fans fans this is the thing fans sit and talk about at home or in the pub or whatever they're sitting having their chats you know who'd you play but the, the big thing for me looking at that you used to have seen a lot more uh, Dundee than I have this season but um, you know Cammy Kerr ahead of Christy Elliott at right yeah. back I mean you think Cammy's done enough in, in the, kind of the latter end of the season to to kind of you know usurp um, Elliot and, and yeah. make that right back spot his own. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. I, I think Christy Elliott is coming and done really well. Don't get me wrong, and he, you know, but I still think that he, he doesn't really offer any more than Cami Kerr does. I mean, I, I think we all know what Cami Kerr's limitations are, but we, we know what his his strong points are. We saw that at the end of last season. You know, the attributes that he's got defensively, he was outstanding towards the end of last season, having to play on the opposite side of the park. And and uh, Christy Elliott did, did well, but I, the big thing for me is, 
you know, the, the, the two of them need to improve in in an attacking sense. But how do you how do you explain that to a defender? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you have to improve an attacking sense. Defenders first and foremost. And I think Cami Kerr just edges them out defensively. I think Cami Kerr's a slightly better defender than Christy Elliott. But it's it's tight, it's tight. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see where James McPeak goes. Yeah, and and looking at areas to strengthen. Obviously, you mentioned Greg Stewart on the left wing. I mean, that'd be <laughs> fantastic. But that's maybe an area. Obviously, they've brought McCowan in. They've got McDade, but. You know, looking for some balance. George mentioned that earlier on the show. You know, McMullins yeah. um, nailed down that that right wing slot. You know, deservedly so. He's been yeah. fantastic. Um, you know, that's maybe an area they're looking at left wing up front as well. Danny Mullen, no, no Jason Cummins for you. No, no Jason, Cummins. no, Jason Cummins didn't do enough towards the end of the last scene. So it's where we are now. I, I do believe, uh, and, and and I do believe that Jason Cummins is a more accomplished finisher than Danny Mullen. But Danny Mullen will offer more in terms of work rate, yeah. you know, in terms of overall sort of performance for the team, what he brings brings others to the team. So I think that, that James McPeak would go down that route. It may be the case that, you know, I, I would expect Dun- Callum Dundee have got to bring in, you know, a, a, a number nine that's going to play up top. And I would expect that from that point, it may be the case that they'll, they'll look to play either Mullen or, or Cummins in and around that, that play. And that would offer a different dimension yeah. to Dundee. In terms of like a... A big number nine, like a target man to play off. Yes, absolutely. It's got to be a striker. Yeah, physical. I mean, we've touched on uh, sort of. I mean, Osmond So has gone. Kyle Lafferty is, I believe, he's going to Cyprus or something like that. I'm not going to confirm yet. I'm not 100 sure on that. But we'll wait and see. But some somebody of that that stature. That's that's what I'm looking at. Effectively, Dundee needs someone like that. You know, they go back to when they brought in Sophie and Musa, and people will will say. Well, he was hopeless and things like that. But what he did bring, he was a big lad, Calm, and he put himself about. He did, unfortunately didn't get any goals the way that, or the amount of goals that we thought he might have got. Mm-hmm. But he was a big lad, and, and then he, you, every team needs that. You need to because here yeah, the Premier League's full for uh, defenders who are six foot four plus. Yeah, you know, and 14, 15 stones. So you, you need to have somebody that's going to knock them about a wee bit. I'm just wondering if they don't get that left side sort of Calm. If there's an option to, to play Sweeney, Ashcroft, and Fontaine, go a three, you know, and then play yeah. Marshall a wee bit further up into that because Marshall likes to go up the park, you know, and then that would offer you the option of playing Kern maybe a bit further up the park as well. It obviously, gives you the security as well when you're playing five at the back, but they're, they're, they're incredibly. They're, Dundee's strongest position at the moment is in the middle of the park, and they've, they've got about sort of six, seven boys fighting for three places and that's yeah. going to be tough that's going to be a tough one for the manager I'm sure he's going to have midfielders knocking at his door every <laughs> every week saying why am I not playing sort of thing yeah, so, but that's a good position for the manager to be in absolutely yeah. that's another area you, you mentioned um, you, you've all you know you and George have, have both gone for Burden, Adam and McGee in the midfield but um, leaving out Paul McGowan and that's the, the young kids as well Max Anderson oh, like, yeah. we saw plenty of him last season yeah, he yeah. was terrific but Finn Robertson coming back from injury as well he, he'll be knocking at the door yep Finn Robertson is, I'll, I'll be trying to get in there he's just wonder if uh, McPake will look at it and go probably the best thing for some of these lads is certainly in the, in the, in the first instance is to go and get games and, and for Finn it might be a you know a short term loan up to Christmas Peter Head <laughs> Dundee Colts <laughs> up there I, I mean Finn Robertson's a fantastic talent but he's not doing any, any favours if he's going to be sitting the first three months of the season on the no. bench so um, there may be an opportunity to get him out and get him, get him some game time Max Anderson really excited about Max Anderson for next season if he could sort of take it on another notch you know he's a midfielder who gets in amongst goals as well and they're you know they don't come along too, too frequently so yeah excited for him but it's how you squeeze them all in. You can yeah, only play eleven, exactly. and that's 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 the manager's. But it's a good position for them to be in. It's, it's better having sort of too many than 
than no enough goal. Yeah, and uh, it's a similar sort of situation at United in, yeah. in, in that they've got a lot of options in, in a couple of positions, but maybe a wee bit short in a couple as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've went and picked my uh, Dundee United team. This is obviously based on what they have at the moment. So uh, Benjamin Segrist between the sticks, of course. Um, the only other option there was, was Jack Newman at the moment with Dennis mm-hmm. Mehmet being away, of course. Um, Benji could be away so there's maybe you know a need there to bring in another goalkeeper yeah. to, to give him competition or to maybe replace him so yep. at the moment Benji of course player of the season last season um, back four Liam Smith Ryan Edwards Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson pretty much the the back four um, from last season in mm-hmm. midfield um, Charlie Mulgrew has been brought in some people may be thinking you know why is he not in your back four Callum but I'd like to see Charlie Mulgrew in sort of a deep lying holding yeah. midfielder sort of role um, similar to, to Charlie Adam just picking out passes because he's got a fantastic left foot as well you know maybe he could get in there it, we saw him in, in the Cowden Beef uh, you know pre-season game there he was playing in defence but I think that's maybe just due to a lack of options with Mark Connolly um, being long term um, injured mm-hmm. at, at the moment so could maybe see him in midfield that's where I'd like to see him um, I'd like to see him partnered in there with Jean Dofuchs. Um thought he was excellent last season um, Logan Chalmers on the right flank um Adrian Sporla on the left flank and up front Lawrence Shankland and Nicky Clark. Um, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. It's a wee bit different from the way Mickey Mellon maybe would have lined the team up. It's a bit more, bit more attacking, I think. Yeah, Wingers, that was a big problem for United last season, wasn't it? Creating chances, getting real wingers on there. Charles and Sporla could make a wee difference. Well, you've just, you, I mean, you've just put a, a terrific team there, Callum. And I'm having a look at it. Everybody's going about... Well, United are going to be using the kids next season. You're going down the academy route and you look at that team. And that's a, you know, that's an experienced, experienced team you, you, you've got there. So while United fans are worried that they're going to be trotting out an under-16 team in their first game of the season against Aberdeen, you look at that lineup that you've just suggested there. And we all know that maybe Seagrass might go, maybe Shankland might go, but at this point in time, they're still at the club. Yeah. So you never know. You never know what might happen. And that's a team there that's, that, that's gone in one points last season. The addition, Charlie Mulgrew, the addition of him is, is, is terrific. You know, he's he's going to be, you know, his experience is going to be vital as well next season. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a decent sign. It gives you the opportunity, even if you even if you, you sort of want to switch things out. Logan Chalmers coming in, we're all excited to see, similarly to Max yeah. Anderson yeah. down the road. Two great players. You know, Logan Chalmers, the season just ended too soon for him. He just got himself back to fitness, showed what he could do and boom, the season's over. So hopefully he can sort of start the way he sort of finished off and, and gets a good run in the in the team. But no, it's United fans should maybe have a look at what's still there rather than, than panicking too much and saying we need to get this and we need to do that. Because the one thing I would say, you look at, we've picked our, our respective teams. You've got a team there who are proven points winners in the Premier League with Dundee United. I'm not saying Dundee won't be able to do that, but they've still got to show they can do yeah. that. And that's a massive difference at this point in time, Carl. Absolutely. And there was, there was some tough decisions. I mentioned the, the depth and uh, midfield was was one area. I think, you know, leaving Callum Butcher out, um, yep. it was a tough one. I think he's, he's influential for, for Dundee United. You know, again, Charlie Mulgrew might not play every game. He might not play every game in midfield. Mm-hmm. He might not play in midfield at all. And, and Callum Butcher would walk into that midfield for me. Um, you know, no problems. He's, he's been terrific um, in both his, his spells at the club. There's, there's obviously Ian Harks as well. He, he, was, mm-hmm. he was decent last season. Maybe, maybe has a wee bit more to prove in terms of um, end product. Maybe f- from from Harks. I think we've seen he's a tidy player and he can keep the ball nice and, and he can spray it about. But it's just maybe that that end product in terms of getting a few more assists and goals. 
Um, Declan Glass is one that's been working back from a you know, really serious knee injury. So yeah. a lot was expected of him. He was, again, um, he, he, we speak about Logan Chalmers and, and Louis Apri, of course. Is another well, one I'm glad you mentioned him, a big mate. Yeah, <laughs> your big mate. Yep. But, but Declan Glass was another one from that kind of crop of youngsters that a lot was, was hoped for. And he's just not had the best of luck with, with injuries. So maybe see him make a wee yeah. breakthrough. Um, next season and Louis Apri gives you a different option I've yeah. got with Shank London Clark up front but if you want a big man to play off of you know he's still young enough to be moulded into that number 9 yeah. you know what is he 6'2 6'3 yeah, he's a big lad large, he can yeah. play off the flank he's a versatile option um, he's he's certainly one that could be looked at I think I think United fans are getting concerned like, like I've said you know it's going to be all kids at turn it's not what they're saying is they will get their opportunities but for sure Tam Courts isn't going away to throw away that sort of lineup. To, to introduce six or seven kids, you know, from the academy, that's just just wouldn't happen. I'd be I'd be footballing suicide for him as mm-hmm. far as far as his his own sort of career chances were concerned, and for the clubs as well. So they're not going to do that, eh? So and I'm sure United yeah. might bring in one or two others as well before the season starts. So it's 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 interesting times, Carl. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the kids, but did they let them down last season? I wouldn't say they did. No. I think you know Lewis Nielsen at the start of the season no. was was excellent. One of United's better players, Archie Mikkelsen, came on towards the end of the season was good. Kerr Smith, only 16, didn't look out of place, you know. Um, you know, there's plenty of options there. We'll see where they go. Obviously, there's areas they need to strengthen. We mentioned uh, the goalkeeping position, of mm-hmm. course. You know, they at least need to get a backup and they might need to go and get another number one. Um, creatively, in midfield, I think, you know, you're looking at Mulgrew, um, great passer of the ball, great vision, Fuchs, loads of energy, tough in a tackle, box to box, but creativity. Um, maybe need somebody else in there. Of course, they've got Peter Pollock, they've got Ian Harks, but maybe need someone a wee bit more sort of dynamic in the middle of that park. Of mm-hmm. course, they get Flo Hottie as well. So th- there is options, yeah. but um, up front as well, maybe a little light um, with, with just Shankland and, and Clark there. Apere, of course, can play up top. Um, there's Kai Fotheringham, but um, you know, it's certainly interesting. We'll, we'll see how they go over the next couple of weeks leading up to the season. I, I think, Carl, I, I think, we, I think what we should do is obviously come. Let's revisit this again in four yeah. weeks' time and, and compare our lineups and compare our lineups. Now that'd be a good one, I think. I'm sure that's what happened. You mean naturally going into the first game of the season, we'll be like, you know, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to start, who's going to play. I think Dundee, you've got the the, the advantage of Dundee. They've, they've brought in a couple of new faces, so you can sort of consider McCown, you can consider Sweeney, whereas. Um, United have only brought in Mulgrew and, and to be honest we all know what Charlie Mulgrew is all about so it's not like mm-hmm. Sweeney's an unknown and McCowan's you know not an unknown but you know, he's only really played at championship level so yes. um, there's, there's some more question marks and, and things to think about with, with Dundee at the moment it's, it's pretty clear that Charlie Mulgrew is going to walk into that United team in some capacity and, and be a starter most weeks you know pending fitness um, so you know that'll certainly be interesting um, yeah, going forward, we have a little competition for you to get involved in. Um, along the same lines of, of team selections, we want to know what one player from the past you'd add to the current Dundee or Dundee United squad for the new season. Um, you know, give us a reason as to why you would add them. You know, obviously the obvious reason is you add them because they're a good player and you, you want them to, to to improve your team. Um, if you if you think it would just you know f- be funny to have um, a, a player from the past join. Um, your team, you know, that as well, you know, let us know whatever um, suggestion best captures our imagination, you will receive a Twa Teams One Street mug. Um, there's no better prize than that really, is there? Um, and if you want to let us know what one player from the past you would add to the Dundee or Dundee United squad for the new season, get in touch with us on Twitter at tele underscore sport. So that's 
at T-E-L-E underscore S-P-O-R-T. Or you can phone us and leave a message on the Twa Teams One Street fan line, which is 01382 That number again is 01382 um, All will be revealed on next week's episode if we have a winner. Um, and I'm sure we'll go away and have a little think about um, what Dundee or Dundee United player from the past we would add to the current Dundee or Dundee United team for the new season. Bear, any ideas off the top of the, your head? Any favourite players um, from the past in dark blue you'd love to see? It'd be easy for me to to, to go back to the Benetti area and, and quickly <laughs> swipe out a Kanija or a Jordi Nimzadji and, and throw them in the team. But Calm, I would go, I'm going to go back to the, the late 70s, early 80s and, and, and go up for Billy Perry, a striker of that time who, who was phenomenal. Phenomenal in a Dundee shirt. When that ball was sort of in between the sticks in the penalty box, it was dispatched into the back of the net. And only Dundee had a Billy Perry playing for them now. I'm sure there would be, there'd be, there'd be quids in, um, in in terms of sort of what they could sell him for, but in terms of what they could do next season in the Premier League. So Billy Perry for me, I'd, I'd bring him back in a few minutes. Yeah, for me, in terms of uh, Dundee United, you have to remember and forgive my youth and the fact I'm not actually a Dundee United fan. So <laughs> I've only really know the kind of recent history of the club, but. Um, if, if money was, was no option and, and you could get him back, I think Stuart Armstrong is exactly what Dundee United need. Box to box, yeah. midfielder, loads of energy, creativity, knows where the goal is, can can link up with strikers. We saw it, you know, um, the way he used to play with Nadir Chiefji and John Daly, Johnny Russell in his, in his time, um, you know, David Goodwillie, another one, in his time at, at Taraday. He's the kind of player that I think Shankland, Clark, Apare would love to play with, crying out to play with someone like that who's going to feed them the ball. Um give them chances and also take some of the goal-scoring burden off of them as well. So, uh, Stuart Armstrong from me, but we'd uh, love to hear your suggestions next week on another episode of Twa Teams One Street. Thanks for listening this week and we'll see you later. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetelly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.